And welcome into Mustache, the drinking podcast. Andrew and Quinn here as usual. Quinn, we've got an interesting topic for today and an interesting guest, but let's get to the guest in just one second. Uh, Quinn, how have you been doing this week? You know, I finally replaced my 15-year-old desk chair, and uh, my lumbar has never known such love. 15 years? What is wrong with you? Yeah, it... I I replaced my desk chair, and my wife was waiting to get her chair uh, today, so she used it for one day, and immediately after she finished work, she came up to me and was like, no wonder you have back pain. That yeah. is the most uncomfortable chair I've ever sat in. And I was like, yeah, it's it's painful. It doesn't feel good. And uh, now I'm sitting on one that has fucking memory foam in it, and holy shit. The world is my oyster. <laughs> 15 years is too long to have a chair, for sure. 100%, Quinn, you fucked up royally by not fixing that way sooner. <laughs> Chairs are just so goddamn expensive. Yeah, for good reason, because you yep. fuck up your back. <laughs> yep. My, uh, my back has been feeling it, especially this pandemic, having been working from home for going on a year. I can't believe uh, you made it a year working in that desk chair. Yeah. My, my next thing is I'm replacing my three quarter height desk. Three quarter height. Yep. So I got this desk close to 20 years ago, uh, (laughs) back when I was a child. Um, (laughs) I've made some minor modifications to make it suitable, but I have a sit stand desk on the way and I, it's going to be a whole new world. <laughs> and let us introduce our special guest today. Uh, we're going to be having Gus join us, uh, a, a self-proclaimed sour beer expert, right, Gus? <laughs> I, I, I will try to be as expert as I can be, uh, but at bare minimum, I certainly do love drinking them. <laughs> don't worry. Quinn and I don't know what the fuck we're doing either. <laughs> Don't tell her. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know where to start here. Gus, just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into what we're drinking here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so my connection here, uh, first and foremost, is uh, from the uh, gracious invitation from Quinn. Um, I've uh, I've been good friends with Quinn now for God for over a decade at this point. I God, was, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You're telling me, Mister, I'm having class warfare with my back pain. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, Quinn and I uh, have been close friends for a long time. I was in his wedding, uh, and on top of that, for actual qualifications, um, I worked in service industry for seven years. I worked at a very popular brewery here in Minnesota uh, called Surly Brewing Company uh, for about a year. And I also currently work at a um, a pretty popular chain of liquor stores uh, in the Twin Cities uh, called Top 10 Liquors. Um, Ooh, top. If any of you are interested, go to top10liquors.com. We got some great stuff over there. Uh, yeah, I kind of just uh, over the years, I have, I started getting into beer when I was living in Oregon. So I started off on the IPA train pretty hard. And uh, then eventually I started uh, needing to fulfill my sweet tooth. 
And lo and behold, Sours do a fantastic job at doing that. So I'm excited to talk with you all today about these. And uh, I'd say, yeah, besides this and IPAs are probably my two favorite styles of beer. Fantastic, Gus. We'll move right into our uh, tasting of the evening tonight. Quinn, what are you drinking and why did you save it four months? <laughs> so I am drinking a limited edition Surly New Belgian uh, Culture Collab Blueberry Sour. And opening up the one can that I've been watching since like November. Ooh, that's got a nice color on it. A really good caramel color. Strong smell from that acid in it. Don't get any blueberry on the nose, though. First sip. Tart. A little bit yeasty, in a way. Something I find interesting about sour beers is they change constantly as you drink through it. So no sip is really the same flavor. So you have to adapt to the, the acid in it. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely one of my favorite parts. I think about drinking sours. Uh, it's just that metamorphosis that happens within your glass as you're drinking it. There's no other beer that really quite does that. Um, or at least doesn't do that on purpose. <laughs> so after a couple of sips, I like the sour from it. It's not that sweet. It certainly has some sweetness to it. I'll say for sure. It's got a really light mouthfeel. So like not a whole lot of like tannic feel to it. Um, or like thickness. It's, I'd say more of like a watery kind of beer in comparison to others, but also, again, I like stouts and porters a lot, which have all the body. I wish I was getting some blueberry out of this. I I get the Virginia oak. I get the red wine barrel. I don't get the blueberry. That must be the half that's early, did. <laughs> We, so uh, we were talking before this and uh, I was telling Gus that I was going to like half of this beer because half of it was made by Surly and the other part was made by New Belgium who makes great beer. It's really Which, used uh, to be back in the day, but alas, uh, Todd Hogg, we love you, man. And I'm very glad that you're succeeding over at 3-4. All war pigs. pigs. Hashtag. Don't ever be one. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag pay your Hashtag workers. Stop union busting, you assholes. <laughs> yeah, if if, if y'all couldn't tell, uh, we're very clearly a uh, working class friendly <laughs> podcast here. I. We like to drink beer with the normal man. So I like this beer. As I'm drinking it more, I really get the red wine. Right now, that's the dominant, like, aftertaste flavor I get is sour red wine. Now, what, 
which I understand is a weird. What what kind of red wine are uh, you thinking? It's. So as we learned in our our wine episode, I don't know shit about wine. Quinn is no dick. I use it for cooking, and that's pretty much it. But it's it's definitely got the the smell of a red. I'd say kind of like a Pinot Noir, but okay, maybe more of a Malbec, but certainly one of those more bodied red wines, I feel, because it's able to come through okay. over the sour and it's able to go blow for blow with it, which this is a pretty sour, sour beer in my opinion. Certainly not like the pucker your face warhead sour that the warheads beer has. Um, but I'd say it's probably on par with like snarling badger in sourness. And so uh, a step more sour than you get with like your green zebra. All right. Um, I'd say it's good. It is not worth the price. How much was it? Yeah. Uh, this was a limited edition can, which I think I bought for... It's like eight bucks. Did it come in a box? Like it looks it, like it does. It did come in a box. Of course it did. Um, I have two other limited edition Surly beers that came in similar boxes. And one of them I'm actually really excited to try. And that's their barley wine. Uh, because that's something I haven't seen them do before. There's another one that I got only for the memes. Their maple syrup beer. <laughs> which uh, I, I've had that one for going on pretty much six months. And I, I, part of me doesn't want to crack it open because I, I don't want to taste the meme. Not all memes can be sweet and tasty, I guess. No. All right. Gus, uh, what are you drinking today? Uh, so, so I was, I was kind of, I had to get some help from my wife because I had about almost eight different sours in my fridge <laughs> because I work at a liquor store and I hoard single cans like someone bet me I couldn't. <laughs> uh, but today I wanted to give a shout out to one of my favorite breweries of all time. And one of my favorite, for sure, in Minnesota, um, and that is Blackstack Brewery over in St. Paul. Um, I absolutely adore their work. Uh, they've been doing some really, really cool stuff in the craft beer scene over the past several years. Um, and today, we are having the Great Blackstack Bake Off. And this is a blackberry French toast sour. So this is going to be kind of like what Quinn was describing with his about how his isn't necessarily on the sweet end. Mine is on the sweet end. Uh, Mine would be considered under a category, a subcategory of sours called pastry sours. Um, And it's literally just as the name implies. Um, It's sours based on pastry flavors and notes. Um, We'll talk about this more later, but there's a lot of different 
sours that base themselves off of desserts like blueberry cobbler or cherry pie um or in this case blackberry french toast um so initial initially the the blackberry comes through very strong um you can tell right away that it immediately has that scent to it but it also has an immediate follow-up of maple syrup uh which is a bit of an interesting touch on this um because usually you wouldn't see uh stuff that is like that sugary getting added on top of already sugary stuff in a sour um but we'll uh give a cheers here and see what we got okay yeah so really upfront great tartness uh it really gives you just to me that right amount of puckering sensation um it doesn't feel like you're getting you know your face just like completely destroyed uh but it's also not flat um the maple syrup and the french toast flavor kind of comes secondary towards the mid and uh back palate uh and then after sitting on it for a little bit, um, I also kind of get a little bit of uh, cinnamon, uh, a little bit of vanilla in there as well, um, which is fitting because the list of flavors in this are blackberry, maple syrup, cinnamon, vanilla bean, caviar, and milk sugar. And it also contains lactose, which we will discuss uh, as one of the main bacteria that you will find within sours. So is that when using lactic acid then as the souring yes. agent? Yes, it is using uh, active okay. lactose as their as their souring agent. So does it have a little bit more body because of that lactose? Present? Yes, it does. Um, so the way you described yours about how it kind of came out thin and watery, mine is almost more uh, kind of like you would see in like a jammy red. Um, I would like I would compare this in terms of mouthfeel and texture to a Malbec. Um, it's very okay. much going to be a red wine that is uh, on the sweeter side and kind of uh, kind of envelops your mouth almost, uh, kind of in a way that the way usually I describe it is kind of like a way that like marshmallow does of where it takes up volume but it's light and fluffy. Yeah, it almost like floats over the palate. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of like washing over. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's that's exactly it. And it also has enough body on it to be sitting on palate for a bit. So it's not one of those beers where as soon as you swallow it, the whole tasting sensation's done. Um this is one that definitely sits and lingers. Well, it looks super thick, or almost like a smoothie beer in yep. thickness. Yep, just about. And clocking in also at about 6, 7 ABV uh, for a sour that's pretty high. Um, uh, guess what the one I'm drinking is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm i not surprised in New Belgium. 8.8. .8. Okay, sure. Yeah, and that's been a, a beefy sour. Yeah, well, and that's a trend that's been happening lately um, that I've been noticing is that there have been a lot of people and a lot of breweries who have been 
pushing the envelope with sours in terms of how high of ABV it can be. Um, I remember the highest one that I've seen so far was almost 10%. And that was... <laughs> at, the only thing I could really compare that to tasting-wise is if your mouth got hit by a Warhead freight train. Yeah, my only complaint about sours that push that high of an ABV, or like even this 8%, is, we'll get into it again later, but like the primary souring bacterias and yeasts, you really limit what you can use to sour because the alcohol content's so high it'll kill off most yeah. of them. And... I think the best souring agents like lactic acid are personally my favorite ones and they need a lower ABV to actually work and produce their sour mm -hmm. and they produce a, a better sour in my opinion. Less of like, I describe it as stomach acid sour. It's an unfair comparison, but it's like that back of the throat sting that I get from it mm -hmm. as opposed to like lactic acid souring agent or like some of the other more chill ones which i think create like a better like full-bodied souring instead of just a strong acid sour sure sure yeah no i i absolutely get what you're talking about there and that's that's something that we'll discuss with sours in terms of how it's kind of gotten a resurgence over the past uh several years in particular over the over the past about three i would say um but with that being said, uh, Andrew, what are you drinking? Oh, um, you know, you guys gave me some recommendations, and I really appreciate it. But uh, I was not in the mood to drink a shower, drink a, a sour beer today, so I'm just drinking a boring, truly seltzer like I have before on the show to be in the <laughs> spirit of a uh, the spirit of the show. Um, have you tried a, the uh, truly seltzer tea yet? I haven't. I saw it on the shelf, and I. Couldn't get myself to buy it. Really I good. wanted. It looks super good. I've tried. Uh, I I got the uh, Bud Light uh, off pack or something like that. Like a bunch of new flavors that I hadn't tried with like cranberry, pineapple, uh, some other ones from Bud Light Seltzer uh, on the shelf. And I sat there for like two minutes staring at the tea one, and I was like, "Damn, I really want to get this, but I don't want to spend that much money because I was already buying a bottle of wine there too." <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm just drinking a, just drinking a born old seltzer today. So nothing, uh, nothing new for me. Just, uh, just my normal basic, uh, boring ass alcohol choice. Um, which one did you go today? Oh, today it's wild, uh, or wild berry, right? Yeah. Wild berry. That's it's from, I the mean, like case, right? From the regular case. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the one, the 24 pack has, I think eight flavors as opposed to four and you only get three of all of them, which is kind of nice. Cause then you always have something else, something different to drink. The dragon fruit in their eight cases yes. or dragonberry is really good. Passion yeah. fruit, dragonberry, passion fruit, something like that. Uh, passion fruit. Anyways, is a passion fruit. Passion that one's fruit. my favorite. That's my favorite one. That's, that's a really, just a good taste to it. They, they really flavored that one. Well, um, but yeah, it's just a seltzer. We can talk about seltzers in a different episode when we're doing a seltzer show. Um, so yeah, we're going to look at sour beers today. I don't know quite where we want to start because there's not really a history with sour beers. 
Eh, I mean, I mean, yes and no. Well, the history kind of starts at like the origin of beer. Though, yeah, because really, the lambics started. being an open fermentation naturally sour. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one could say, sour beers are like the OG beer. Uh, yeah, actually, in a lot of ways. Um, and they took a lot of notes from uh, wine fermentation as well. Uh, sour beers and wine kind of developed uh, in parallel with each other uh, for a significant amount of time. And you'll actually even, you'll still find traces of it, uh, of that kind of history towards Belgium of where uh, you'll get beers like Lambic or Germany where you'll get a beer like a like a Berliner Weiss um, and you can even find that kind of sour wild fermented like a- aged in the open beer even in like Africa um, I remember when I was uh, when I was traveling around South Africa uh, and Swaziland which was what it was called at the time. And I guess now the country is called Eswatini. But uh, when we were in Swaziland, we, my, my friends who were traveling and I got to try what would be in theory, a wild ale or a wild fermented ale um, that literally came out of a clay jug outside of a uh, mud built house at about uh, 9.30 in the morning which, by the way, one out of ten would not recommend that experience. <laughs> Having a sour beer at like <laughs> 9.30 in the morning is not the way you want to wake up. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, sour beer should not be the first thing to hit your yeah, stomach. No. <laughs> no, you don't exactly want to be matching the pH of your stomach contents to your throat on the first go. <laughs> it's a recipe for tongues. Or- I mean, or unless if you're drinking coffee, but you know, that's a whole different issue. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, if you're talking about this being the original, wouldn't that be the original root? I mean, like that would be like the, when they tasted a sour beer, they would have thought it was ruined then uh, back in Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia times. Well, I'd expect that. Honestly, it was, it just kind of went like, it was what beer was is it it naturally had a little bit of a tartness to it it because it wasn't made under the same kind of you know controlled conditions airlocks weren't really a thing though there is some evidence that you know crude airlocks were used at times or like um clay ceiling pots um which prevents the majority of outside oxygen getting to the pot um and the clay is porous enough that it'll allow, or sorry, plaster, not clay, will allow uh, carbon dioxide to escape so the jug doesn't explode. So you don't make a beer bomb because no one wants a beer bomb because that's, that's a mess and you don't have beer anymore. <laughs> or you do, but it's on your floor and then you have to get on all four fours and kind of just Zamboni it up like you're some kind of strange animal. Or off a desk. I did that on the. I did that on the show. <laughs> he definitely zambonied his desk before. <laughs> that's now that's some true Midwestern dedication right there, if I've ever heard. 
Sometimes you just got to shop vac it. <laughs> Call me Hoover. I still blame Quinn. But... <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, uh, what do you guys want to get into? Is there different kinds of sours beers that you need, we need to talk about today? Yeah. So um, we'll kind of go with what we were, what we were kind of starting with, with, uh, with European sours. I, I would kind of categorize it as... Um, which are going to mainly come from two different countries. Uh, you're going to find most of these sours will either come from Germany or from Belgium. Uh, now, there are, within this category of European-style sours, there are a few different subcategories that are the specific types. Uh, Lambic is one, um, which is popular in Belgium, and that was... Uh, that was one of the first ales to be um, to be made and to be widely distributed by monks um, in Belgium as well, who are famous for brewing a lot of the beer that they do out there. Um, so there's lambics. There are uh, there's Berliner Weiss, which is uh, a German style sour, which is named after. Berlin, uh, and Berliner Weisses are typically really low ABV. Uh, you'll see them as low as 3%. Um, there are some breweries here in the U.S. that have been kind of flipping the script on that and have been pushing a little bit higher ABV Berliner Weisses, pushing more into the 5-6 range. Um, but that's a pretty recent development, and that's still kind of we're, we're still kind of seeing where that can be taken. Um, and Lambics are more on that middle five or six, typically on a regular basis. Um, and then there's also uh, the Goza. Um, and a Goza is another European-style sour um, that is usually popular around Belgium. Um, and... Gozas are again usually low ABV. Usually you'll find gozas at about four, four and a half percent. Um, the and the reason why are gozas similar to gozas? Yes, yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, gozas, um, them lambics and Berliner Weisses are all kind of meant to be um, thirst quenchers. Uh, they're not meant, they're not the beers that you drink to just get blasted. Um, a lot of people would actually pair these, uh, these beers with specific meals or they would ha have them as like a dessert drink. Um, or even sometimes, uh, they would use sour ales um, within various cultural events and things like that. And those cultural events usually will last you out the entire day. So because they would last you out the entire day, you know, most people can't drink a 14% ABV beer all day. And if you can, <laughs> then, well, then we need to make some calls. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're basically there. The way I, I guess I would best describe them is I, I kind of compare sours to um, the kind of like the almost like the 
quote unquote fancier, and I, I put air quotes around that massively, uh, the fancier like crowd pleaser. Um, there's a type of sour I'm convinced for everybody. Um, you know, everybody has a little sweet tooth that they want fulfilled in one way or another at some point. Um, and sours cover a lot of different components of those sweet tooths. Yeah, when you talk about sours as thirst quenchers, that's exactly how I think of them. They are my favorite summertime beer, along with like saisons for a little bit later in the day. But if we're talking like midday heat, I'd rather a sour beer. And I think of it just like you'd think of a sour lemonade. It's something that you know makes you salivate and naturally starts to quench your thirst. So one uh Another style of European, actually, um, that I forgot to mention earlier, but is still very, very important, um, is uh, a Flanders Red Ale. Um, now, when people mention Red Ale in the United States, um, usually you're, we're thinking more of like an Amber Ale. So something like Fat Tire from New Belgium. That would be an example of what we usually consider to be like a red ale or an amber ale or my personal favorite uh, out in Oregon, uh, Ninkasi Brewing makes an amazing Indian red ale called Dawn of the Red, um, which if anyone who is listening can get their hands on that, let me know and I will pay you shipping to send that to me because I miss it dearly. <laughs> um, but a Flanders red uh, is again based in Germany. Um, and it pours out as a bright ruby, like almost like grapefruit kind of red. Uh, and it's very, it, it drinks almost like a, like a pop. Like it's, it's, it gives that very carbonated kind of mouthfeel to it. Um, and it really, um, I mean, it it really was one of the first beers that were brewed in the in not just Germany but in the United States that really represented kind of what sours are going towards today, which is that really uh, sweet toothy. I want to have my dessert in a can, kind of train of thought with sour ales, um, and a lot of people compare Flanders Red Ales to basically being akin to a liquid Sour Patch Kid. Okay. Do they make Sour Patch beer? Yes. Yes, they have. Yes, they do. There there have been a few that have come out over the years. Um, The last one I remember was from, I believe, from Drecker Brewing out in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, they made a Sour Patch Kid beer, I think a couple years ago at this point. I think it was either 2019 or maybe even back all the way to 2018. But that's the last one that I remember seeing. But I, I can guarantee you that more people will come across that idea and try it. <laughs> I One of our uh, regulars at the bar made a Sour Patch Kid beer where he used Sour Patch Kids for his souring agent. Um, (laughs) Surprisingly, good. So he made a really good 
like wheat beer and then soured it. So he had a really good beer. And then he just threw in some Sour Patch Kids for like a week. <laughs> and you know what? It it worked. It uh it wasn't the best sour beer I've ever had by any means. But it was at least on par with this culture collab I'm drinking right now. Well, I guess that makes sense. I mean, malic acid, which is what what coats Sour Patch Kids, what gives them that that sour taste. Or uh, for those of you who are uh, complete heathens like me, uh, it's that dust at the bottom of the bag that you shovel into your mouth. That's delicious. <laughs> the best God. part of the bag. Jesus. <laughs> And then it also, it has the sugar from the Sour Patch itself, yep. which helps to temper the acid as it's starting to mix into the beer. And that's that's why I think sour beers are so good when they are able to balance that level of sweetness. Because it, the same reason why Thai food is so amazing, because it's a balance of all the flavors. Now, they're not really balancing all the flavors in the beer. There's not a whole lot of umami and there's almost never spicy. Uh, though I was on the phone with my dad earlier today and he was talking to me about a lime habanero sour beer that he had back in like 2002. And he told me that, so that was the last time he had a sour beer and liked it. (laughs) And he's, he was telling me if I can find him that beer, buy him as much of it as I can because he loved it. Uh, my, my godfather brought it up for for him from Des Moines, and so uh, I now have a quest. Uh, any listeners in the Des Moines area, if you can find me a lime chili or lime habanero beer that is phenomenal, please let me know so I can surprise my dad with this because I want to reintroduce him to sour beers. Interesting. It's on Untapped. Twelve Gates Brewing Company. Twelve Gates. Huh. It's not rated super high, and it's only three percent ABV, but it's uh, it's on Untapped as okay. uh, habanero lime sour. Well, I don't know if it's exist for that long, well, but damn. so I I know I. Uh... <laughs> I know, Andrew, I've, I've heard you on the side here have a couple of moans and groans. Uh, what? Oh, habanero. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's, the hob, it's the chilies. I don't do spicy beer. It's gross. I, I, I've had a scant few experiences with them, but the ones I've had have all been horrid, horrid experiences with the the oh it's like it sits in the back of your throat and uh, you taste just the heat that is certainly some of them um those are the ones i don't like are the ones that just sit in the back of your throat personally i i really like ancho chili beers um because they tend not to really have a whole lot of that capsaicin because anchos have very little capsaicin but they Mm -hmm. bring that pepper flavor and like the warmth of it not the spice of it 
and those can be so good. But I I kind of agree with you when it comes to like habanero beers and especially ghost chili beers or scorpion beers. I don't I think of them as beers made for the memes and not really a, a beer made to really be that good. Um, which I'm sure there are some out there that are really that good. And, you know, people have different tastes than me when it comes to beer who love them regardless. But I, I can certainly see where you're coming from with like hesitation when it comes to chili beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I've had a chili cider or a habanero cider before too. Oh, just as bad. It just, that one sat in your throat, I think, even worse than the beers did because of the sweetness to it and the little bit thickerness of a cider. And it, oh, it just like, it burned down down the throat too. And then the spice sat, like exactly what you're talking about. What you're describing doesn't sound as bad. Yo, yeah, I, I honestly believe the spiciest pepper you should probably use in a beer is a jalapeno. Okay. Or maybe you can make a Thai chili work, which I'm saying that because I like the flavor of a Thai chili a hell of a lot more than I like the flavor of a jalapeno, <laughs> um, which I know Gus and I have argued about this in the past. <laughs> yep. Yep. We, we sure have. Are you not a you Thai really chili jalapenos? fan? I just don't like the taste. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I'm a fan of of jalapeno as not necessarily in beer, but just as more as a general flavor. Um, but I I also really find myself oftentimes gravitating um, towards uh, particularly Central American and Mexican cuisines that have a lot of those things like jalapenos and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I. I enjoy that taste uh, just kind of like you guys though. I don't, I don't really enjoy them in beers. The only time I've had a beer with a pepper that actually had some heat to it that I've actually liked. Uh, it was actually ironically enough from new Belgium. Um, they have a, uh, a series of IPAs called voodoo ranger. Um, I've had yeah, that. and Voodoo Ranger has a bunch of different kind of offshoots of it. They have the Imperial version, um, and they have like different flavored versions and other things like that. And they have one that they come out uh, with in the fall, um, which they called uh, the Voodoo Ranger, um, the Spicy Atomic Pumpkin, which was a pumpkin and habanero ale. And those I thought worked really well, but that's because they put in pumpkin and cinnamon along to complement the habanero's natural sweetness. Because while, yes, a habanero is hot, um, when you cook it down or when you take... It's not really like a... Sorry, uh, go on. I was going to say, it's just when you when you cook it down, when you take out the seeds out of it or take out like the main capsaicin holding products of it, it's a it's a pretty sweet pepper actually. Like it's almost on par with like bell pepper level of sweetness. Yeah, it's not really like so my my beef with jalapenos is I like a really like full bodied pepper. So like an ancho, like a Thai, like a habanero. Whereas I think a jalapeno is it doesn't have that same kind of like roundness to the pepperiness of it. It's just it's like spicy sometimes a little bit of 
a tiny bit of acidity, not a whole lot, and then sweet bell pepper. Which is why I, I gravitate towards uh, more of those like the red style peppers and like more full bodied ones. But with the pumpkin in there, I see what you're saying with how it rounds out, gives it more body, more complexity, especially with that cinnamon. I like the sound of that. Okay, now that we've hit all of our different kinds of sour beers, um, I mean, you guys probably should just lay out your favorites because I think that'll give... I mean, Quinn's laid it out pretty pretty heavily of those watermelon sours. But other than that, Quinn, I want to I pull you away from anything you've said on the show prior. So think of a favorite that you haven't said. Yeah, just kind of throw out some of your favorites, why you like them. Um, yeah. Uh, Gus, I'll let you start. Oh, man. Favorite sours. Ooh, that's... So I usually find myself gravitating most of the time towards American sours. Um, I really... I enjoy pastry sours like this one that I'm drinking here from Blackstack. Um, I enjoy those. Uh, I enjoy uh, wild fermented ales um, or what are sometimes called farmhouse ales. Um, And those are sours that are fermented with wild yeast and bacteria. Um, It's about... I would kind of compare it to making a loaf of sourdough from scratch. Um, It's like a controlled rot almost, um, but no two batches are ever really going to come out the same. Unless if you're adding artificial sweeteners and stuff, which at that point is more of a, uh, just a general kind of kettle sour almost uh, more than a wild fermented ale. Um. I do enjoy a good kettle sour, though. Uh, I like the cleanliness of kettle sours at times. Um, I find that they they kind of remind me of, like, pot still whiskey um, in the sense of where it's just got that very sanitary, clean taste to it. Um, but otherwise, honestly, I think I... I oftentimes find that my favorite sours are usually based off of some kind of either fruit or dessert that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, there is a great brewery um, out of Stillwater, Oklahoma, uh, called Prairie Artisan Ales. Um, and they, for anybody who is looking to get introduced into sours, I cannot recommend these folks enough. Um, They do some really fantastic work, and they're one of the only breweries around that really have their wild fermentation down to, like, almost being consistent in a way that they almost taste the same every batch, which is pretty astounding. Um, And they do... A couple of really good ones, but one of my favorites from last year that they made uh, was a beer called the Millennial Mansion, <laughs> um, which 
for anyone, by the way, who's interested in looking at this, um, if anything, at least look it up on Google and look up the can art because it's pretty hysterical. It's literally, if you can picture it, yeah, it's a picture around a can that is kind of like, it's a mansion with like family squares style little scenes in each square of millennials just like doing these tasks of like, am I adulting yet? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's but it it's a really the beer itself is a blueberry cobbler sour with marshmallow fluff and Meyer lemon juice. You know, when you say a uh, a millennial mansion, I just picture a slightly larger apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and the, the foundations are held up by our student debt. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. that's on <laughs> i mean and and quinn you're you're on like the tail end you're on the very end of millennial like i'm even i'm towards the tail end but I, i'm still remembering of like adults telling me like man i could go and pay for college off of this one single job i had at walgreens like huh yeah working 30 hours a week <laughs> like yeah god where was that when i was working two jobs plus doing a uh, thesis and doing fraternity officer positions yep. <laughs> like boy i really could have used some of that sweet uh non non-recession <laughs> based economy yeah i mean i got lucky i went to a, a cheaper college and was a chef straight out of college so i i was luckier but yeah, that the whole work your way through college thing is not really a possibility anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah, but no. you know, we're just lazy. What do we know? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um so when it comes to sour beers for me, my my favorites are I think of anything that's a red fruit is a great sour beer. Pomegranate, raspberry, strawberry, watermelon, dragon fruit. In my opinion, they all work great. Cranberry is okay. It's naturally tart, so you really don't need to do much souring other than the natural acidity in the cranberry itself. Um, and Andrew and I have certainly debated this before. I'm not a big cranberry fan. <laughs> so that's an exception for me. My dad's actually allergic to cranberries, so uh, maybe that's why I hate them. Probably. Though we only found They're... out he was allergic like three years ago, and he used to always eat them. And would always <laughs> feel like shit. And uh, surprise, <laughs> we found out why. It just suffered because of it. It's fine. Yep. I we mean, found out when my difference? sister was going to school in Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, he always had trouble breathing when we were going through the cranberry bogs. And we realized, oh shit, cranberries. So uh, we're, we're trying to figure out a plan for if he ever goes to Massachusetts to visit my wife's family um, because where they live, there's cranberry bogs everywhere. At the bottom of every hill is a cranberry bog. Um, but well, so that being uh, said with, uh, red fruits, in my opinion, making great sour beers, um, 
there was a limited edition uh, cherry snarling badger, which uh, snarling badger is a Berliner Weiss. It's kind of up there in the ABV. It's about a 7.5%. Um, it's a, a tangy sour. It's not necessarily the, the most sour, but it, it's best described as a badger that's not quite clawing your face off, but it's on its way to it. Um, other sour beers that I like, um, this is one I'm certain you've had um, out of Portland, Cascade. Oh, yes. Their uh, creek is really good. And something that I really love about Cascade's beers is they do the whole like Lambeck style and open fermentation. So I was watching uh, an interview with their uh, brewmaster earlier today, just kind of in preparation for this episode. And um, he was talking about how they can never get rid of the warehouse property they have, because if they move across the street to their other warehouse, their beer is going to taste different because it's so reliant on that open um, whatever is in the atmosphere and in that area and even like within the building, the natural bacteria moving around and all those things contribute to the flavor and the fermentation and the souring of that beer. Um, And I'm really interested to kind of learn about how people are able to do this open style of souring of beers. Uh, And because I know one of the main fears when souring a beer is that you're going to get a mother in it, which a mother, uh, unlike your normal souring agents, instead of converting sugars into acid, it actually works by a mother will take sugar, convert it into alcohol, and then consume the alcohol to produce acid. Uh, which I think is a really cool thing, but you don't really want a vinegar in a bottle instead of a beer. Uh, So I'd say those are probably my two favorite sours, not talking about watermelon funk, which is by far my favorite sour. Great great choice on watermelon funk. Oh my God. Um, Best summer beer. It's not it is so tart, one. but it's tart enough. Uh, see, that's why enough. I really, I really like Prairie Artisan Ale's Vape Tricks. It's a uh, uh, sour beer aged uh, with uh, barrels and cherry. Ooh, and oh, it is just a delight of a summer drink. My goodness, I, I could be going through those left and right throughout the day, and they're at that just that perfect like mid five ABV level of where. You can drink one and you would be enjoying yourself just fine. You could drink a few of them and you enjoy yourself just fine. It's just, it's very well balanced. Um, but there's, <laughs> um, speaking about uh, tasting in places, I actually wanted to bring up um, a particular brewery um, that I'm pretty sure neither of you have ever heard of because I only heard of this recently. Um, but they do something very interesting with a couple of their beers, which is uh, Jester King Brewery out of Texas. Hmm. Um, 
so they do wild uh, farmhouse ales, uh, which are they're basically synonymous with sour ales. Um, it's just it, it's kind of just another word for it. But uh, Jester King does a very interesting uh, technique um, to make uh, what's called a sati. Um, and they use a hollowed out log to fill out, to basically to filter out the initial batch of beer um, when it's cooled down. And they literally let it sit in this open log and put in like juniper branches and like other stuff like that. And we'll just let it ferment in a tree. It's I've had a couple of their beers, and I, I must say they have been phenomenal. Um, I had one for for Christmas in particular. Um, that was a that was a really nice one, um, and that was uh, let's see, it was called uh, Jester King. I think it was uh, Dutch uh, I and I know I'm butchering French, so anybody who speaks French, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um it is uh it was a it was a beer that uh was aged um with cherries and um wine and wine barrels specifically i want to say it was port wine barrels um but yeah if anybody uh if any of our listeners are down south particularly in texas uh first off i hope you all are doing okay with the ice storms and everything going on we're recording while uh texas is apparently going through the ringer and then some so hope y'all are safe yeah but if if you have a chance grab a jester king beer i i cannot recommend those dudes enough um so quick before we move on to our final segment i wanted to bring to everyone's attention a beer you should never drink and uh looking on untapped it's actually pretty popular uh, though most oh, no. reviews seem to be from a single person. Um, <laughs> it's called Sounds Pirate right. Juice from Brew Cat. Uh, this is a salted uh, lime sour beer. Um, I had this actually. Um, Gus uh, Glander and I got it one night. We went to a bar oh, and we decided okay. we we're going to order beers for each other. And we did like three rounds. That's your of that. first mistake. And uh, we were trying to pick things that we each liked and we were like bouncing stuff off each other. And so he was like, you know what? We're going to do this because I, I love pirate metal. I, I love sea shanties, which apparently are becoming popular now. I don't know. Weird. Um, <laughs> TikTok, man. I don't, I don't have a TikTok. I don't even, I don't even know. I barely have a Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, this is what, buddy. This is what happens when you're like me and work with middle scores. Ah, fair. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so I tried pirate juice, and I would describe this as licking the clothing of a 17th century pirate. <laughs> there is very little redeeming about it, other than it was not poisonous. Uh, I. Oh. I did not vomit drinking it. Um, That's the start. And it made me very excited for the next beer I had. 
The next beer I had was the best beer I had all night. Couldn't tell you what it was, but it wasn't that, and it was amazing. Don't buy pirate juice. It sucks. Or or try it. Prove me wrong. Well, as much as I'd love to lick some dusty taint, I, I'm good. It was God. salty, funky, limey. I guess I didn't get scurvy. That's the point. Find, I'm trying to find the silver lining here, and it mostly comes I... down to I didn't die. <laughs> um, I okay, so I'll I will add um a general uh, a general warning to those who are interested in sours, um, and this kind of spreads over two different categories. It spreads over both sours and um what are becoming more popular over the past few years which is the milkshake ipa um both of them have active lactose in it i will warn you if you buy especially a milkshake ipa i found is the most guilty of this but i have had sours that do this as well if you add too much lactose into a beer it just turns everything sour but not in not in the way that it's like a pleasant experience it's like that um, rotten milk sour because you've passed its shelf life yeah it the way i would describe it is it's kind of like if you if you tried just taking a bite out of like a dragon fruit like an apple you would be very upset. <laughs> and it's kind of the same with the Sacco stuff. So when you are buying sour beers and you notice that they say that they have lactose in them, um, or if even if they have milk sugar in them, be forewarned um, that it may... Balance is important. And that... Not every brewer necessarily follows by that, so just buy with caution. And if they do have lactose, drink them sooner rather than later. They are not a yes. let them shit on your sit on your ah, sit on your shelf kind of beer. They're not like a cream ale where they'll stand up or a milkshake stout. It, I find yeah. that those they add so much lactose to them as opposed to like cream ales and milk stouts, which I've had milk stouts six months after I bought it, and it's not as good. Don't get me wrong. But it's not sour. No. Um, and there's also... Uh, there's also one other... Before we get to the final segment, there is one other trend that I would like to just briefly touch on, um, which is uh, can rolling. Um, so for those of you who are not familiar... Um, there has been a trend going on in craft beer over, I'd say mainly over the past two or three years in particular, um, where brewers are starting to become more adventurous with using fresh fruit. Now, in a lot of ways, this is great. Um, I have personally found that I prefer fresh fruit in my beers compared to kind of just generally aged fruit. Um, 
especially when you can like see some of the pulp of the fruit in the beer. I actually find that to be really kind of exciting um, and find that to be a really tasty libation to enjoy. But if you get a beer like that, sometimes now you're going to have cans that will tell you to roll them before you open them. Now, why do they do this? They do this because if you do not roll that can, two main things are going to happen. One, you're going to get what's called a fruit bomb, and it will explode, and you will not enjoy it. Because <laughs> um, then you won't have any beer that'll be in your mouth. It'll just be on your floor. <laughs> um, and see that. Unless if... Yeah, and unless if you want to really embrace your inner Midwestern boy, I guess, and Zamboni your floor with your mouth, then I don't think you want to be doing that. <laughs> um, but secondly, um, the other thing that it does is that it pushes the sediment and the fruit pulp all throughout the beer. Because if you don't do that, it's all just going to kind of sit at the top. Like, have you ever, have you guys ever had a glass of like really pulpy orange juice that wasn't shaken beforehand. And it's just like juice, juice, juice. And then there's just a small thin layer, but it's just pulp. Actually my just... favorite part. I hate you. I, my <laughs> wife and I get in arguments about this. When I, I buy orange so juice, much. I buy orange juice with most pulp or extra pulp oh. where it's basically they juiced the orange and they took the pulp from the no pulp and put it in you're that's disgusting. my kind of orange juice you're disgusting my wife's on the opposite end of the spectrum where it's the absolute no pulp i agree with the wife as usual <laughs> i will and as usual i will split somewhere down the middle i like some but I don't want to eat my orange juice. I oh, if, I, if, if I'm chewing my orange juice, it's good orange juice. Gross. God. <laughs> That's just, disgusting. Quinn, yeah, it's just an overstatement. Out. Don't get me wrong. Not quite to that point. But almost. Hey, Quinn, why don't you just cut out the middleman and then just squeeze the orange into your mouth directly? If you're gonna go I would, far. but it takes so many oranges. There's wasted <laughs> juice, and I don't get enough pulp by squeezing it. Because I'm not, like, blending it and pouring it in my mouth. I mean, that sounds like a personal problem. It is. That sounds like... I don't even think you should take the rind off at that point. Just put a bunch of oranges oh, in a blender every so morning. so fucking bitter, then. <laughs> the pith. Like no. Hair. <laughs> sounds like it's right up your alley. Buy my Simply Orange Most Pulp. Oh, so good. Not so good for good. mimosas, though. So, oh, no. a chunky mimosa! No. God, oh, why would you even pulp bring is not that good up? For mimosas. Uh, why would you even bring that up? God, good with rum though. Good with rum. Jeez, a rum and OJ? Yeah, black rum and orange juice, dude. Dude, it is a better screwdriver because mm. it gains something, unlike the vodka. Uh, I mean, yeah, but is it gaining something good? Oh, it's skinny. You don't like orange juice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, that's a pretty that's important detail to be leaving so out. good there. about this conversation is I don't like orange juice. <laughs> yeah, he hates orange juice. Uh, I'm not a fan. 
Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so so Andrew, oh god, a sweet tooth, and like, what do you crave? <laughs> a sweet tooth? Fuck, not fucking yeah. orange juice. What kind of question is that? Um, no, I'm just curious because we've been talking about sours and talking about pastry stuff and like sweetness and other things like that. Like, if you had to pick something that's like kind of to fulfill your sweet tooth or something desserty, what what do you usually go for? It's from Wisconsin, so ice cream. I love ice cream. I do, <laughs> um, but like a pastry kind of thing that I'm a big fan of. Uh, it's not sweet, but. Uh, cream puffs are my like my favorite pastry Ooh. by far. I don't mm -hmm. know if you would make a cream puff beer because that doesn't make a lot of sense. But um, I mean, it would be really light and fluffy. It would definitely would doesn't sound like it would be a sour at least. No, more likely a cream ale. Yeah, yep. yeah, that'd be a cream ale I could get behind. Yeah, I could. That sounds like something I would try for sure. Um, but yeah. Adding to my list of beers to brew, the one, <laughs> uh, the beer you drank today didn't look uh, terrible. I, the thickness of it was interesting. Uh, I did not expect that when you were explaining it until I googled it, and it popped up, and it looked so thick like that, kind of like you were like a smooth, like I said, the smoothie kind of thickness. Um, mm -hmm. So I would definitely try that because it sounded like it would be good. I just don't know if I could do more than like half a glass. But I said that about our goddamn IPA last week, and I drank the whole thing. So, yes, yes, you did. Well, I, I drank well, my I mean, orange juice. Well, Quinn ate his orange juice. Well, Quinn I, ate. My his wife bought the orange juice, so it had absolutely oh. no pulp. Good. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> you could just hear the you could just hear the clatter of Quinn's teeth just rattling together, just missing that pulp. <laughs> <laughs> oh god well this is a good time to rotate right into our last segment it is going to be another quiz i know gus is very excited to take a quiz with us on the on the show today um but we're taking it uh there wasn't a lot quinn was searching today and could not find any good sours quizzes uh so we're taking which sour patch kid are you as a quiz from uh, uh, someone on SpoonUniversity.com, in case you wanted to take it as well. And I think we're just going to roll right into it. I'm going to uh, defer to Gus and then Quinn for answers uh, as we go. So let's just start it out. Uh, if you could listen to one song right now, would it be I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston, Houston, Rich Girl by Gwen Stefani, Coco by... OT Genesis. I want to say that's oh, Genesis, but it does not sound, does not spelled like that. Um, My Humps, The Black Eyed Peas, or Sugar by Maroon 5. Okay, Gus. <laughs> oh, boy. What a list. <laughs> I, I, I think I got to go for my girl Whitney, though. I mean, like, that, that is a classic. All right, Gus is going to go with Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. I hear Quinn typing, trying to listen to a song because he doesn't know what it is. So I'm going to defer to Quinn before he can get there. Um, <laughs> so. Um, I know the Whitney Houston song. I know Maroon 5 and 
My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. Um, uh, now just because I know Maroon 5 doesn't mean I want to listen to Maroon 5. <laughs> uh, not a big fan of My Humps. Uh, I'm going to go with, I guess, Whitney Houston. Um, uh, okay. I feel good about any of my picks here. <laughs> um, if I could life. listen to one song right now, uh, none of these are like low key vibes and it's definitely late. Uh, so none of them is the good answer for right now, but I'm going to say sugar by Maroon five because I do not have a problem with Maroon five. Although I 100% understand Quinn's point of view. I'm um, quick looking <laughs> up this song by Maroon 5 because there's a 50-50 chance that I might actually change my answer to it. It's not mm-hmm. it's not a bad song. It's just one of their it's one of their most popular nope, ones. Nope. I'm I this is actually one of the songs I like by them. So mm. I am changing mine to Sugar by Maroon 5. All right. And we'll move on to question number 2. If you could eat any food right now, would it be a burger, pizza, lobster, French fries, or nachos, Gus. Oh, hmm. well, I mean, as as he pointed out, it it's kind of later in the evening. Here, <laughs> so like, I'm looking at this being like, man, like I'm I'm thinking about like how I'm gonna be like going to bed. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um. On a general day, I would probably, I mean, I, I will probably say burger, if anything, just because I have been obsessed with my new meat grinder as of late. So having freshly ground meat, total game changer. So I will have burgers with the caveat of it being freshly ground burger. That sounds fantastic. Quick caveat. What's your fat to meat ratio? Oh, 80-20, as 80-20? always. 80-20? You don't go 75-25? Oh. Uh, I mean, depending it's on the game cut changer. of meat. So long as you're meat, not using an open flame, it's amazing. I can see that. I can get if that. you're using an open flame, you're going to set your house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you are. That is the grease fire waiting to happen. Oh, oh my just god! Just wait till you get to seventy thirty, and then it's just inferno. Jesus Christ, Quinn! That is so much fat to have in your meat. It is, and most of it renders off. <laughs> All right, Quinn. What I'm are you picking? That be? <laughs> um. So I'm gonna go. I don't like lobster. Surprisingly, it's like one of two seafoods I dislike. Disappointing. Um, yeah, lobster and crab. What is wrong with you? Love langoustines. Love crayfish. It's not lobster. Dude, crayfish are amazing. Disgusting. So good. It's a whole thing. I understand. They're just tiny lobsters found in fresh water. But still. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go pizza. Get get my pepperoni green olive. Pepperoni green? I'm not even going to fucking touch that. Okay. I can eat any food right now. What would it be? I am. Gus has got me overthinking the late night thing. I shouldn't have said that. God damn it. (laughs) If 
I'm guessing you're going nachos. <laughs> nachos would be great for this time of night, but no, I don't want nachos. I want lobster. If I'm going to pick any food, I'm going to eat the best food on the list. Uh, so I'm I'm going to say lobster, but this is prime time for me to sneak down to the kitchen and make some nachos. <laughs> <laughs> um all right <laughs> we'll go to number three if you could be any age what would you be what a weird fucking question um 27 32 21 16 or 10 <laughs> gus well <laughs> um 27 is a year below where i am right now and i'm uh, i'm actually kind of content where i'm where i'm at right now i i like being in this range of age of where i am still young enough to be given the leeway of being able to have fun with a slight amount of reckless abandon but also being old enough of where i'm not a complete hot mess (laughs) so i'll go 27 on this all right quinn uh so i am 27 um (laughs) i honestly i only see three answers uh, it's either 21, 16, or 10, because... I wish know, I could be older. <laughs> it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> right. I wish I was closer to death. <laughs> that's that's not that appealing. Nope. Now, I would like I mean, to still be able to drink in the United States, since that's where I live. So I'm going to go 21. I feel like Quinn's very... Co- close to that threshold of like yeah i'm content where i am but also i'm doing this podcast with it with him tethering him back to his college days and thinking about all the drinking that happened <laughs> thinking about my my youth and reckless abandon <laughs> um i have to say 21 as well 16 was fine but high school was not i do not want to have to do high school again 10 sounds awful i oh, mean no middle school fuck middle school again <laughs> being a kid was cool i guess but i would man want to be a 10 year old right i now, don't think man. i'd want to be a 10 year old right now yeah God, so, excluding the pandemic drunk, so i can't definitely like, i definitely can't do that with social media being so big and like it ruling every i i mm. i was happy with when i was 10 when social media was my space Jesus. Was MySpace around oh. when I was ten? I don't even know. Yeah, oh, it was. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. It was. It was MySpace, oh, and uh, those were the days. Being able to piss off people with who was in my top eight. Oh my god, <laughs> that now that is a reference I have not heard for a long time. Oh, just wait. A uh, a Finnish guy has actually started have... a new version of MySpace. Oh, who has? Uh, a guy in, they... I think, Finland started a new version of MySpace, and he, he oh, openly God. stated it will never be compatible with smartphones with, like, an app because he doesn't think that that's a good thing. <laughs> Which, I mean, there's some truth to that. So and let me he guess. is also the Tom of it and is your first friend. God damn it. But but which parts but which parts of MySpace is he planning on bringing back exactly? It's like all of the it. crappy Jeffrey Star like terrible covers of songs that were ripped off from someone else. Oh, the ability or for you to the... like learn HTML editing your own web page. <laughs> I will or, or you know that was being a perk just... of MySpace is we all learned or... a little bit of HTML coding. 
Yeah, or or just scrolling endlessly through what seemed like a uh, eternal catalog of emo children. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's like, what it was. If that's I if I had to see if I had to see one more picture of where someone's hair is over only one of their eyes, <laughs> I I will claw that eye out. Jesus. Well, at least that's not the style anymore. Uh, yeah, now they're all going back to the '90s, and it it just. It's like a vicious cycle. It just keeps coming back. Yeah, we just came out of the 80s, going back to the 90s. (laughs) Soon we're going to be in the 2000s, which that had style. No, 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 no. Tips are coming back. No, no, no. Moving on to question four. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Our options are telepathy, x-ray vision, invincibility, being a psychic. Or immortal, Gus. Okay. Um, process of elimination. Telepathy. I don't want to know every thought of every person. That sounds whole. I already have a hard enough time dealing with people speaking out loud and saying dumb things. I can't imagine how I would feel if I knew what they were thinking on top of that. If you were able to catch the so, dumb things before they said it. No. <laughs> no. I I will live ignorance's bliss with that filter. You think that they're thinking before they talk. <laughs> okay. Touche. That that's a good point. But unfortunately then I might I, I might find myself screaming into the void that is the space between someone's ears. <laughs> so I can't be doing that. X-ray vision? I No, that just sounds unpleasant for everyone involved. <laughs> um, invisibility? I do have some interest in because I feel like that's the balance that I would want where like, I could find out stuff that I wouldn't know if I wasn't invisible but I also don't have to hear it if I don't want to. <laughs> so there's that. Psychic, same thing with telepathy. And then being immoral just sounds awful. Like, I, I'm already I'm already having a struggle with being like, man, I've already gone through the almost the first 30 years of my life. How the hell am I going to get through the next 30? <laughs> Let alone thinking of that through an eternity. So I'm, I'm going to go with invisibility here. So I have a similar process of elimination, telepathy, uh, same, same thing. I don't necessarily want to know when people are talking out of their ass, though it would kind of be fun to be able to know, and especially like let them know that I know they have no fucking idea what they're talking about. Um, but at being human, also pot kettle, so... Um, we could, we could, if we had telepathy, we could also prove that Ted Cruz is ultimately the Zodiac killer. <laughs> Facts. Oh my god. Um, X-ray vision. Yeah, I, I agree that when I think about X-ray vision as a power and like how I would use it in my life, honestly, it just comes down to like finding things in stores and making sure like products I'm buying aren't broken or like looking through meat to find that it has good marbling and all of this is worthless to me. Um, Invisibility. I like the appeal of this. Um, Psychic. It would be kind of cool to just like 
magically know things. Um, but no. Immortal. There's so many things you have to figure out with immortal. Like, am I immortal at the age I am now? And then I live forever, but like my wife dies of old age. If we have kids, our kids die of old age. My family, um, or do I progressively get old alongside them and I just don't die. So I'm continually becoming closer to the crypt keeper. Um, Uh, that's a thought (laughs) so immortal is out simply for the fact that there are so many things that factor into this and lots of sadness like often stories of like people being immortal are eventually they go I just want to die Uh, so so I'm gonna go with invisibility because it would nice to just be able to go you know what fuck having to deal with people today (laughs) Then you just steal a bunch of shit, huh? I mean, leave a note. (laughs) (laughs) Or would you keep the pen, Quinn? Your clothes don't become invisible with you. We don't want to get into that. I was about to say, wait, are we are we talking about just like naked Quinn wandering around in the wild? I'm yep. assuming that you're invisible with your clothing. No, you are not. We're not going no, League of no, Mancast, no. Uh, extraordinary <laughs> gentlemen, and I'm not wandering around in the Arctic. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, my superpower. Uh, I didn't think too much into this, but um. I'm going to be sad and immortal and, and content with that, I think. Um, uh, moving on to five, if you could be any circus act, what the fuck are these questions? <laughs> what would they be? We have stilt walking, balance beam, juggling, unicycle riding, or with the acrobats, Gus. Jesus, guys. What have you done? <laughs> um... I mean, I, I'm i approaching this solely from skills that I will never have. I would love to be able to have the coordination and the fine motor skills to be able to juggle. I think that'd be great on a whole bunch of different things because, one, you're not telling me what I'm juggling. So I could juggle any sorts of materials. I could be doing balls. I could be doing knives. I could be doing human skulls for all we know if... Andrew turns out to be eternal and immortal. (laughs) (laughs) And he decides that he's going to take up uh, the position of Crypt Keeper. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Andrew can sit there being immortal and being, you know, old as death. And I can just sit there juggling skulls and just kind of hanging out. Yeah, this sounds like a great life plan. I mean, Um... one would call it maybe a forever plan. Jesus. Yeah. That uh well, you could be him too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Quinn. So I'm gonna approach this the same way as Gus of you know, not factoring in skills that I have, because if we're factoring in skills that I have, I'm necessarily going unicycle riding because that's the lowest risk level to fuck up. Um I just look dumb instead of potentially dying. But I'm going to also take <laughs> juggling, which uh, actually brings up an interesting story from uh, a, a birthday party I was at when I was a kid. And guy was juggling machetes and fucked up and missed catching one. 
no one got hurt. Uh, it just stabbed into the hardwood floor of uh, the, that kid's house. And we quickly took a divergent from it. And uh, the juggler had to shift everything over a little bit. So the carpet was covering the, the stab in the floor. <laughs> I don't know if the homeowners ever found out. Jesus. That's awesome. In hindsight, that juggler was a genius. <laughs> he got like six-year-old kids to cover up his having maimed a house. <laughs> I'm going to say that's probably not the first time that's happened. Probably not. Is that what you're going with? Oh, so what are you going with, Quinn? I'm going with juggling. I would like that coordination. Are you there? I cut out. Yeah, I'm, I would go with juggling. I'd love to have that kind of coordination. Fantastic. So, man, these are all random as hell. Um, if I could be in any circus act and not have to like think about what I can and can't do, I would probably do acrobatics because that just sound, that just seems so cool. Like I've been to like a Cirque du Soleil kind of show too, and uh, it was crazy. Like the way they just throw each other from person to person, forty feet in the air, just battling on death. If I was immortal, it's even better, because then I just fall and I just get really hurt and I'm fine. <laughs> I, I I couldn't do that. But other have interesting years and story, years of practicing uh, your flexibility. My my grandma took my sister to the, the circus when she was a kid and she watched it. someone miss their like um, trapeze and fall oh, 60 feet. Jesus. So uh, I was raised to fear trapeze. And uh, yeah. Yeah. In Good hindsight, Lord. circuses are terrifying to me. Uh, yeah. And the... Is it is it the people and the, the axe or just the axe? I think a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little we'll call me. We'll oh my god! All right, let's move on to the next one. If you could have one topping on your pizza, would it be buffalo chicken, anchovies, bacon, pineapple, or pepperoni? Why are they all so out of the box except for pepperoni? Um, all right, Gus. Anchovies are OG. <laughs> you you shut your salty <laughs> mouth with <Jesus>. that. <laughs> I I will I will go bacon here solely because. My wife and I, whenever we get pizza from our uh, from our local pizza joint, shout out Pizza Luce Roseville, y'all are awesome. Um, but we usually get uh, bacon, spinach, um, onion, and tomato. That's like our our kind of our usual go to. So I will go bacon on this one. Although I do love pepperoni. All right, Quinn. Uh, so, uh, you might hate me for this. I don't actually like bacon on my pizza. 
bacon pizza you don't like yeah, that's fair. i don't i don't like like regular bacon i love canadian bacon on a pizza that's that's ham okay now that's just blasphemy. Yeah. well that that's back bacon it's from a different part but that's... still same kind of muscle group and fat amounts but yeah otherwise known as dick bacon <laughs> back bacon is so goddamn good um but so pepperoni i like a pepperoni pizza I prefer it if there's something with it, like green olives has that little bit of like vinegariness to cut through the fat. Um, so I'm probably going to go Buffalo chicken, but pepperoni is a real close second. Oh, Buffalo chicken on pizza yeah. is very, very good. Um, mm-hmm. Man, this is hard. Anchovies is obviously a no. Disgusting. Um, I usually don't get bacon on pizza, but I'm not against it. I have no problem with pineapple on pizza. My mom is a big Hawaiian pizza fan, but it's not something that I would like outright order over pepperoni or buffalo chicken. But I just like the way buffalo chicken tastes, I think, more than pepperoni. If I'm like have to only pick one and I'm trying to try something, I think I'm going to go with buffalo chicken. But pepperoni is the safer option. Um, number seven, we're getting down here. If you could meet any celebrity, this is really funny. I don't think Quinn knows more than two people on this list. I it's going to be, <laughs> I don't think Quinn knows anybody on this list, I guess. Um, <laughs> if you can meet any celebrity, better start Googling. Our options are Jennifer Lawrence, Miley Cyrus, Ariana Grande, Emma Watson, or Kim Kardashian, Gus. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, well, I don't want to be Kim Kardashian right now because she's going through a divorce. So that's I didn't a know no. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there. I'll. I'll. I'll Is just... she going to be representing herself? <laughs> I'm. I'm sure Jesus her and her God. money will represent themselves just fine. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. So no thanks. I'm Kim. Um. Emma Watson, I get. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I I grew up with Emma Watson, just with the Harry Potter movie series and all that stuff. Um, was all coming out when I was a teenager, so I don't know. I mean, I I I kind of grew up with her, so I guess like I I feel like almost like less interested in beating her because I feel like I've like had more exposure to her. Um. And then Miley Cyrus is a hot mess. And as much as I would love to meet somebody who awkwardly sexually poses with their father in pictures, no thanks. <laughs> so, oh God. You know what? I'll, I'll just say Ariana Grande on this, if anything, just because I will give her credit. She is a super talented musician and singer. And I would love to see her in action in the studio. I think that would be super cool. So I actually had mine picked out almost right away. Um, Not Kim Kardashian. (laughs) Definitely not Miley Cyrus. Eh, to meeting Jennifer Lawrence. Don't, Don't really care that much. Don't know much about Ariana Grande. But I'm picking Emma Watson. Uh, Not because I'm a Harry Potter fan. I actually really dislike Harry Potter. But from everything I've heard, she is a really nice person and really smart. 
And so I feel like she would be a really cool person to meet and to talk to. Um, and from what I've heard, she's actually down to earth for being a celebrity, um, which in normal person terms, I feel like is a certain level of stuck up, but less stuck up than the, I broke the internet with my ass. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay. I will pick. And I don't know. I'm probably going to have to say Emma Watson. Um, I don't know. None of the other. It's just. I've known Emma Watson the longest, I think, in the spotlight-wise. Like, you've known who she is. So I just feel like... <clears throat> I feel like that'd probably be the easiest choice for me as well. Kind of the same Harry Potter thing. She's just been in movies the longest, and none of those celebrities I want to meet, really. But... um, All right, number eight. If you could eliminate one word from the dictionary... Oh, it's going to be... This is going to be... Oh, boy. Oh. Phlegm... Moist, squirt, smear, or panties. <laughs> Gus. <laughs> Who's making this list? I, Gus, if you need time to think, I already know mine. I, the only thing I'm, I'm really thinking is just, I, I just want to ask the person who made this list, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh my do god. You, no, do you, they're not. Do you need a do you need someone? Do you need a wing band? Do you need someone to set you up with a date? Like what? Do you need an adult? Why are all why are all of these things like what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. Uh Flem, no, because I I always enjoy words that are terribly spelled in English, because that's like one of my great derivatives of humor. Phlegium. Um yeah, exactly. yeah, because English sucks. <laughs> um, panties, no, because I'm not nearly as offended apparently as this person is. <laughs> panties, um, smeared, no, because that, I feel like that's a pretty important adjective to describe something. Um, squirt, I, is it bad that when I hear squirt, the first thing I think of is the pop? Nope. Same thing. No. <laughs> Literally, that's the first thing I was thinking of. Like, oh, you like the pop? Like, what? okay. I don't want to get but, rid of that pop. It's delicious. Yeah. Like, man, that was my jam. So, uh, I'm just going to go with that. Moist. <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, this comes down to words that actually have a replacement. Phlegm. I, there, there's no real good replacement for phlegm. Moist, what am I going to refer to cake as not wet or not dry? Like that, moist is that middle term. Am I going to refer to it as damp cake? No, it doesn't work. <laughs> and then like squirt, that, that's a specific type of spray. It, it's something intermittent. And so I, I can't replace that one. So I'm going to replace smear. 
um, because the word spread exists and it does pretty much the exact same thing. And also, it gets rid of schmear. Oh, God. Which I would love for that to get just be gone because working in kitchens, you know what I hate talking about? Schmears. <laughs> so, smear. AKA schmear is gone. <laughs> so what, one might say you're smearing it from the dictionary. Ah. So aggressive. Um, <laughs> your hate for schmear just is very uh, out of left field. I actually really like schmears. <laughs> I just don't like the word. I think the only word is moist because <laughs> the overall hate for the word moist is so funny. Um, I don't want to get rid of it, but I think it would do the world more good to not have the word moist exist just because of its strong hate from all across the board of everyone other than bakers, I guess. <laughs> um, number nine, if you could choose a smell right now, would it be flowers, coffee, ocean, vanilla, or tequila? <laughs> okay. Oh. God, who hurt you? Gus, go ahead. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Hi, boy. I, again, I'm repeating whoever wrote this. Are you okay? <laughs> there, are, there are services that are available widely to many different people that accept many different types of insurance. <laughs> There's like, free counseling I, online. Yeah, I, I've heard Talkspace is awesome. Like, not hashtag not a sponsor. <laughs> hashtag that would be an awesome sponsor. <laughs> well, they do it. So, uh, you know, with the context of us being in um, the previous two days of where we didn't get above zero, um, the smell of ocean sounds really nice right now. Because <laughs> that would mean that everything isn't frozen. <laughs> so I just for that alone, I will go ocean. Yeah, that that's really tempting. It was negative 20 here this morning before factoring in wind chill. Jeez. Um yeah. also, side note, I found out today that uh somewhere in northern minnesota uh broke a record for coldest recorded temp in the state uh and also was the coldest place on earth today um yay we live here oh my god <laughs> um when do we drink flowers is it depends on the flowers so i'm gonna rule that out it's late so i don't want to smell black coffee the ocean smells okay. It's just so salty, and I, I, I don't like inhaling sodium. Yeah, you've already uh, got enough of that in your body already. Yeah, right. Salty bitch. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go <laughs> vanilla because I, I, I like me some vanilla, and it just um, smells so goddamn good. I definitely thought you'd pick black coffee. Uh, if I were to guess for you, Quinn. So, but vanilla was not a 
very far second just because I know you love cooking and I feel like vanilla has a very prominent place in baking anything. I only have four separate kinds of pure vanilla extract in my cupboard right now. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I would have to choose black coffee for myself. I don't know, just the smell of coffee, like in the morning or I don't know, anytime you enter a coffee shop ever, just is fantastic. I love the smell of coffee. I really do. I do love black coffee as well. Do not need any cream for your coffee. And if you do, you're not drinking coffee. Um, number 10 if you could relive any childhood activity, would it be the hokey pokey, the chicken dance, hopscotch, hula hoop, or foursquare? Gus. Wow, what a list. I know, such an odd um, list, yeah. So, so I. <laughs> I work in I, my my main day job when I'm not working um, when I'm not working at top ten liquors um, and selling booze to people. Uh, I work in education. Um, I mainly I've worked with uh, elementary and middle school over the past five years now. Um, so I've gotten to quote unquote relive a lot of these uh, within recent years. Um, I can tell you first and foremost, um, whoever made the chicken dance deserves a one-way ticket straight to hell and they should stay there because my God, if I have to hear that horrible speeding up beat one more time, I am probably going to bash my head into a wall. (laughs) So no on that. No hokey pokey. I just like the. The crowd dancing, I just, no, I can't. I can't but how will you know when to turn around? <laughs> I don't know. That's what it's all about, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'll just keep my back turned to the hokey pokey. Um, hopscotch, yeah, it's fine. It's okay. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> hula hooping, I fondly remember, if only solely because I remember my friends and I during gym class just using the time that we had to like hula hoop quote unquote to just throw the hula hoops at each other as hard as we could <laughs> or in some Sounds cases uh, yeah or, or in some cases um, a couple of my friends in particular would uh, they would try to give five stars with hula hoops <laughs> so <laughs> you can imagine how well that worked out when you're like 11 12 years old um so I always have a soft spot in my heart for that. Um, I gotta go four square though, because I will say, I was that was my jam back in the day. I was a pro at four square, and I knew all of the cheap bullshit rules <laughs> to get your way through and to keep yourself at that cherry king spot. Yeah, oh, you best believe it. I cherry bombed with the best of them. So <laughs> I I gotta end up with four square. Gotta go strong. Uh, fuck the hokey pokey, fuck the chicken dance, uh, fuck the macarena. I did none of these things are appealing to me. Uh, hopscotch, I think I played like twice, 
hula hoop. Uh, I never successfully hula hooped. I would always be the kid who would, you know, do the, the spin it and have it come back to you on the ground. Um, I found that fun. Uh, and when I worked at, uh, for the boys and girls club of America running a gym and they'd have, you know, hula hoops and balls out, I would just kind of go around the gym doing that with a hula hoop. Cause it was a way to entertain some kids who were like, Oh my God, how do you do that? Like, it's simple physics. And then teach them how to do it. And it was easy to keep an eye on everyone else to make sure no one was getting in a fight, but I'm going four square because four square is still fun to this day. Um, back when I ran, I was helping to run a summer camp for the, uh, the YMCA in town there was a day that the uh the counselors and i played foursquare against each other and holy shit it was so much fun that it's a foursquare okay um uh, we are finished with this with my answer of foursquare i don't think there's another answer on here really everything else has completely lost its uh, luster, I would say. There's no, you're not doing the hokey pokey. You're not, the chicken dance is awful. Um, you could hula hoop now, I guess. Hopscotch is just dumb again. And, but Foursquare, yeah, you could play Foursquare again. So everybody click submit if you haven't already. And it's just going to populate like right below with a photo that's not loading for me at least. But it's which. Oh color sour patch kid are you i believe so we'll start with gus so <laughs> quinn you're gonna laugh at this um my color is green <laughs> apparently the, the description of this is even better um three words 11 letters down to earth you are the responsible and reasonable <laughs> one of the group. Sorry. <laughs> is that wrong? <laughs> Very. <laughs> is, let me put it this way, Andrew. It's about as accurate as your Hefeweizen quiz. <laughs> it's oh, boy. Oh, off. Jesus. I, there was a lot of words that would describe me. And reasonable and responsible would not usually be be two of them unless if it's like me at work with children then yes absolutely but when i'm just with friends no absolutely not i am not the responsible one i am the enabler <laughs> um the it says the practical one let's say you are the listener you're you're chill as hell ironic i know uh but you are the person that everybody wants to be around you may be talkative or you may not but either one suits you well. Good vibes with two tildes on the outside. Uh, good vibes. You're just the person everyone wants to be. Share your ways, people. We need more of you. You know, some I, of that was accurate. I, sure. Um, the 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 Tonda part, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's about all I got. <laughs> all right, Quinn, what did you get? So I got blue. Uh, you are definitely the dependable one in the group. People to look to you for advice. 
You are the one to trust. You give everyone your all, and you always, you're always just a text away. You're confident in your ways, which gives you an admirable factor. You're a loyal companion who is always scoping out the best for people. You sometimes definitely have a tood, but hey, it's not your fault. You just tell it how it is. That's pretty fucking accurate. Yeah, I feel like that's not too far off. You thought Gus, that was far I off? No, I said I don't think that's too far off. No, I Gus? Spot on, yeah. No, not not really. You're not very sassy, though. No. Yeah, it's fair. You, yeah, I maybe mean, you in, do tell it no. how it is, but you're not very sassy about it. You're um, a lot more polite. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say I'm more cold and calculated about it, but yes, mm-hmm. polite. <laughs> Cold-hearted about it. <laughs> Not cold-hearted, just <laughs> the straight up, here's the logical reason. Why you're wrong. Suck it. That's what that's that's what Quinn would say. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> oh, my God. oh god. Okay. Um, I like that we all got different colors. I got red. Uh it says you are bold and lively and just need some loving. You little romantic you. <laughs> You get stressed easily, but definitely have your shiz together. If eyes aren't on you, the world is ending. You are the attention seeker. Sorry, someone's got to tell you. But don't worry, we all still love you. I definitely don't run a podcast. Definitely not an attention seeker. What the fuck? God damn it. Oh, uh, so you know gross. I think it's time to wrap this up after that. Jesus. <laughs> what did you say, Gus? Oh, I said the next thing you know, you're going to be running a podcast next week that's like Dear Abby. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> damn. Little romantic. Dear view. Andrew. Dear Andy. <laughs> little romantic. God. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. Whew. Well, that's uh, more spot on than last week, at least. <laughs> <laughs> not saying much but okay oh boy all right um uh, well that's gonna be that is pretty much all we're gonna get into today gus do you have any uh parting words advice for all of our new sour drinkers out there um just um don't be afraid to try new stuff um and i and I, not just for sours just uh for what we're talking about about drinks in general um I have found that honestly the best way of being able to figure out what I like and what I don't like is by casting as wide of a net as possible and trying as many different things as possible, even if you think you're not going to like it. Um, and I realize it sounds very cliche, um, but try your best to come in with, you know, with an open mind and open heart. Um, and yeah, uh, just support local. Um you know, support businesses that support their workers um, and support good beer. Um, if you find a product that you really like and if you find that it's coming from a particular brewery that is consistently put out, putting out that product, let them know. Um, you know, give them a shout out on social media uh, or go to their tap room, you know, and let their bartenders know, like, hey, y'all are doing an awesome job. Thank you all for doing this. Um, but yeah, just don't be, don't be shy. 
you know, don't be afraid to kind of expose your taste buds a little bit. Fantastic. I absolutely love that advice. Gus, thank you so much for coming on today. You've been a great help in gaining sour knowledge for the future. And hopefully anybody who listens to this episode is uh, at least interested to try a sour with their next uh, beer purchase. But as we wrap up the show, we just want to remind you all to uh, drink responsibly. And if you are going out to find a ride and uh, definitely wear a mask, be safe in the times that we are in. And if you realize that you might have a problem with your drinking, you can call 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. No problem with calling in and definitely getting some help. Everybody needs it at some point, whether they're doing homework or maybe drinking a little too much or doing some other things. Definitely reach out to friends for help. And we always advocate for that. Again, thank you, Gus, for coming on the show. Thank you, Quinn, as usual, for being my co-host. This has been Mustache Drinking Podcast, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. See ya. All right, thank you.